the other side of Hoki when it comes to Mars. <laughs> There we go, that's great. We'll we'll make a plan. Good. Huh? Yes, oh, no, oh, most of it's in my head and my heart, so that's all right. <laughs> um, so maybe for some of you that I haven't met already in person, or maybe you we haven't connected at an equip or something along the years, my name is Chanel, and I have been born and bred in Port Elizabeth. Nice. All of its issues at the moment. I'm going to steal some of your water and take it home. I hope it's loud. <laughs> we, we've got ca ba like bags in the car just to take water home. <laughs> and uh, just to also introduce you to Deborah. Deborah is traveling with me. Wow. And uh, so Deborah's left her husband at home and the, and the, 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 the adult kids uh, to join us this, this weekend. Uh, Deborah actually comes from Durban or the KZN. I never know. Like apparently, if you live in Hillcrest, you don't live in Durban. You live in Hillcrest. Yeah, yeah. And she comes from up there, from City Hill. For those of you that know Peter Rasmussen, Steve Wimble, that's the church that she originates from, and she has some good experience in the prophetic teaching it herself. So if I lose my voice, she's more than capable to take over. And um, yeah, so just to let you know from a Church point of view, I come from a church in Port Elizabeth called the Storehouse, and they're not wondering where I am this weekend. Like, oh goodness me, who's got the keys to the church and there's left? <laughs> and um, but we are sent under the the blessing and the authority of the eldership team. And so what that means is, if I do anything that upsets you, that offends you, that's not biblical, don't tell me. Phone the guys at home and they'll sort out. If you have any problems, uh, we are here under the authority. But that is just to. To let you know. Also, obviously this weekend, you know, different guys and people come in over weekends and carry something different. Obviously what we're carrying this weekend is around the prophetic. And so often with the prophetic, it's not always necessarily understood or the way it's applied, etc., etc. And so just to know that when it comes to hearing the voice of God for people, for a church, we have done the best we can to hear for you. But the Bible is very clear that the prophetic is to be tested. And so your role this weekend is to receive and to test that which comes. And so we do the best we can to hear, but we are fallible. And sometimes we get 90% right and 10% wrong. And sometimes it's a great day and we get 100%. Yeah. But it's for you as a church, as the elders as well, to, um, to test that. So I just put that out in the beginning. You do not have to suck up everything I say. I would encourage you to test it before the Lord. I'm not going to go into teaching on that, but... Uh, just to know that what we bring this weekend as well, we submit to your eldership, and they are more than happy to agree or disagree with me at any stage. Um, but I know this is a church that is incredibly rich in the prophetic, so I almost thought, like, coming this weekend, what more can I pull out my hat that you probably don't already know? <laughs> and so I do just want to honor um, Nick and Viv. Uh, I think I was probably here in, like, one of your first, first meetings, like, Yonki Yonki, we were all much younger, and we didn't have to cut our hair, or some of us didn't have to <laughs> And um, just have always had such a love for the, the voice of God. And you have led this church not out of good ideas or opinions, but always wanting to seek the voice of God. And I honor you tonight that this has been a, a prophetic church from the beginning. Because you haven't wanted to just build it on programs and ideas, but on his voice and his leading. Yeah. And so, and all the elders that have been a part of this team, I know that's always been a real fundamental for you is to lead out of hearing the voice of God and uh, his, his written voice as well as his, his rhema voice. And so I just wanted to honor you guys 
in that. And so I come into a very rich culture of the prophetic. It's not like, hey, this is new, you've probably never heard a prophetic word or someone giving a contribution. So I'll come and give what I have. Take what you like, throw away what you don't. And maybe it's new, maybe it's old. But often with uh, input like this over a weekend, it's not necessarily to birth something, wow, this has never been heard before, never been seen before, but it's to stir it up. It's yeah, to yeah. come and to say, hey, maybe we've got a little bit tired in this. Maybe we've got a little bit, hey, we've been focusing on other things. And so this weekend comes to say, man, we're putting the spotlight on the prophetic, on God's voice this weekend, so that all of us are encouraged to hear his voice for ourselves, yeah. to be able to be led by his voice, to be able to strategize according to his voice, to be in relationship with him and his voice. And so that, that's what this does this week. And I'm not going to come and teach you anything probably on the prophetic you don't know. But it comes to stir that thing up. To say, man, I'm going to come and agitate the waters, in a sense. <laughs> so let's agitate the waters. So that at the end of the week, you're not going like, oh, wow, this is my little prophetic word. And that was amazing. But that you are more hungry for the voice of God at the end yeah, of the week. Man, I want to cultivate that in my life. If you don't remember my name, what I said, absolutely fine with me. <laughs> but if I can leave this weekend, we can leave at the end of this weekend where everyone is hungry to hear the voice of God. Wherever it is God has you serving, working, laboring in the vineyard, that it would be led by his voice. And so I'm going to take off my shoes just because it's at home I feel with all of you. <laughs> okay, you can too. <laughs> um, and so, I, I just, I know it's a Friday night. So people, a Friday night for me involves a lot of junk food and Netflix. So, <laughs> so I've got the pizza out the way, and um, I'm going to be your Netflix for tonight, and then you can go and sleep. But I do understand our attention span on a Friday night is about this, uh, this much. So I'm going to try and uh, just deliver something for you quickly, um, succinctly. And we just felt this evening with us getting together, why... Do we actually have the prophetic in churches? You know, we say, oh, the prophetic. And I can tell you now that probably 70% of the people in the room are going, I have no idea why I'm, why I'm here tonight, because I'm not really prophetic. It's for those people. You know, those arty, creative people. <laughs> you know, those <laughs> the worship people. You know, they've got to hear God, or maybe the preacher. But you know, the prophetic's not my thing. Well, actually, the prophetic is everybody's thing. Mm -hmm. Because before we start unpacking gifting and the prophetic and bringing words and all of that stuff, I want to, I'm actually just seeing there are so many pillows around. I'm going to use some pillows this evening. Any more? I can use another one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Okay. All right. Great. So I'm going to use my props. See, that's what keeps you awake on a, on a Friday night is props. Um, my security pillow. <laughs> um, so what happens with the prophetic is sometimes we, it's like, okay, it's for this person, it's for that person, it's not for me, that's not my thing, I'm practical, you know, like I'm a word person, as if the prophetic is not from the word, but, you know, that's my thing, I'm a teacher, you know, we, we sort of exclude ourselves from the prophetic in a lot of ways. And before we start getting to the gifting and the office of prophets and all sorts of things, most of us exclude ourselves from the prophetic because we don't actually understand what it is. We think it's something else. Because what we're doing is we've seen someone that's prophetic, prophetic, in inverted commas, we've seen someone bring a word, we've seen someone prophesy, we've seen someone go to the microphone, someone sing a prophetic song, and we immediately compare ourselves with that. 
we go, well, that's not me. So therefore, I'm not prophetic. And so what we're doing is we are comparing apples with pears instead of apples with apples. And I'll explain that to you in a moment. And so first thing, I'm going to use my first pillow as my illustration. The first thing we need to know as to why God has given us the prophetic in the church is primarily around relationship. The prophetic was never meant to be a ministry or a gift, and that was the whole thing, and it was for a select weird few in the corner <laughs> that did weird things and prayed in tongues. No, actually, it was meant for every single believer. Because when Jesus died on the cross, it says that he, the, the curtain was split from top to bottom. Why? So that we could have face-to-face -face communication with him. That we could have a face-to-face -face relationship. So hearing the voice of God is not for the special few, the weird few, however you, wherever you want to put them in whatever box. It was our birthright as sons and daughters of God. Before we look at anything else regarding the prophetic, it's hearing the voice of God because of what Jesus did on the cross. So it's my birthright. If I never, if the gift of the Holy Spirit and the office and all those things we're going to look at, if that thing never, ever occurs, the fact is that you hear the voice of God because why? It's your birthright as a son and a daughter. You see, what happens is when we want to hear the voice of God, or we think we can hear the voice of God because of something else other than being a son and a daughter, it's connected to performance. So I'm not sure how many of you, maybe it's just my very, I'm a special child. I feel sometimes, oh, I don't know if God's going to speak to me. You know, I've got to go to this church this weekend, we're ministering here, we're doing this. And you know what, I haven't, <laughs> I didn't manage to make it through like a whole day of fasting. <laughs> uh, you know, like fasting for me is skipping breakfast and having an early lunch. <laughs> That's like where we're going with fasting. And so I feel like, well, I haven't fasted long enough. Uh, I didn't spend five hours last night on my face before I came to this church. So I'm not sure if God's really going to speak to me. And so doubt comes in my mind. But what is that based on? That's based on performance. That if I do this, then God will do that. <laughs> I can't get a word of the presence in. I can't encourage someone at home group because I haven't done this, this, and this. Yeah. Well, it's actually got nothing to do with what you've done. It's got everything to do with what he's done. Yeah. And so when he died on the cross, now the props not the way. <laughs> when he died on the cross, he said, it's already done. Yeah. You have my voice. Yeah. You have the ability to hear me. I want to speak to you. This is the very reason I died on the cross, so that you could hear my voice for yourself face to face. But I come in my humanness, in my self-performance, in my whatever, and I say, well, I've got to jump through hoops to hear his voice. No, it's done. I have access to his voice at any time. I'm going to rattle maybe some religious cages. Yeah. We can say thanks very much. You can go home now. <laughs> Meetings cancelled for the rest of the weekend. While you were still a sinner, before you came to know Jesus, you heard his voice. How do you think you got saved? He called you. You heard the Holy Spirit calling you, drawing you, that conviction. But now when we're saved and we sin, we don't do what we should or what we think we should. 
we then disqualify ourselves from hearing his voice. Wow. Oh, God doesn't know what I've done. Well, God does know what I've done this week. And I've done this and I've done that. So how can I expect him to speak to me? Mm-hmm. Think of your own earthly children. Mm-hmm. No matter what they do. I mean, just think of the, I know, Mecklenburg, you've had four. You've had monumental messes, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> monumental messes. I know Paul made most of them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 golden child. Yeah. Just a, um you never say, well, I'm going to not talk to you anymore. I'm going to withdraw my voice from you. It's like, no matter what mess they make, you're still my son and daughter. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you are my son and daughter. It's a birthright. Mm-hmm. And you get access to me and my voice because of that. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing, why did God give us the prophetic or his voice in churches? It's because he died for relationship before anything else. Mm-hmm. And that is ours. You can hold on to that. Mm-hmm. You can hold on to that no matter what season you're in, no matter how many days you've prayed and fast. Now, I don't suggest not praying, yeah. <laughs> not fasting, and not that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those things definitely help in the clarity of hearing His voice. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm wanting to challenge our thinking around performance in His voice. Mm-hmm. That I need to do something to hear His voice, as opposed to He's already done everything for me to hear His mm-hmm. voice. And so that's the first reason. And <coughs> as you've led churches, you've led home groups, as you've led music teams, as you've been involved with ministry and mercy, you have the ability to access the voice of God because it's your birthright, mm-hmm. because you're a son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you this, this evening, this weekend, for that to be stirred afresh in your heart, mm-hmm. to come as you are expectant, saying, God, I can hear you of what you did on the cross. Nothing can take that away from you. You see, because once we start moving to gifts of the Holy Spirit, office of the prophets, the office of prophets, you know, all of that stuff, if we don't have this solid, you're building on something very shaky. Because now all of a sudden you have to step out. You're going, well, hey, things aren't perfect. You're like, well, can God really use me? Yes, He can. Not even because of gifting, it's because I'm a child of God. Does that make sense? So I don't know, to be honest with you, I like that you're going to say that, I don't (laughs) honestly know how people do what the world would see as religion or church without hearing his voice. And so for me, I'm going, as a church, be hungry to hear your voice, every single one of you. Not the deacons, the home group leaders, the elders, every single one of you. In whatever area you find yourselves in, whatever situation, about your finances, about buying a new house, about selling a house, about buying a car, hear his voice for yourself. And every time that voice comes to go, you haven't done this, I don't think he's going to speak to you. So get behind me. I'm a son and a daughter. And therefore, it's my birthright to hear his voice. It's not about what I do, but about what he's already done. Does that make sense? So that's our first little, our little pillow. Good. All right. Second pillow. So we've got that established as a foundation in the church. Everyone can hear the voice of God. Everyone has access. There's no reason that you couldn't. Can we help you to hear more clearly? Absolutely. That's why we're here. Um, but at the end of the day, we all can. Second place that while we have prophecy, 
hearing the voice of God, the prophetic, in the lives of local churches and in our lives. Is when it comes to 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to quickly go there, if I can fly and find it in my blind mold state. <laughs> I was bragging with all my friends saying, I'm not grey and I don't need glasses. And then all of a sudden, it happened to me too. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're here because we are sons and daughters. Secondly, we're here and we are able to hear because we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. If you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, and if you are not sure if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, we can sort that out this evening. <laughs> if you are sh not sure you have been, chances are you haven't. Because if you had that experience, you would know. <laughs> so when, because we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are able to hear the voice of God. Why? I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> must be your water that you have, yeah? <laughs> now it says here in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now, in verse 7, to each one. Okay, Kosa in Greek, Hebrew, in Swahili, in Portuguese. Everyone is everyone. To everyone that is filled with the Holy Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So the reason that the God has given the prophetic gift, the ability to hear His voice to the church, is to manifest Him to those around us. It's like having this tool belt, and then it goes through and it reads nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. It lists those gifts. And I want to demonstrate something to you. Who's the, the two best actors in the room? Oh. I just... Yes, you just said me, so you. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you guy in the grey shirt over here? Yeah. Alright. I'm being sneakily prophetic right now. Right. Okay, so you need, a, you need a friend that you are going into the nations with. So who's your friend? I think Paul's going to come and help you. So we have Matthew and Paul, the disciples. <laughs> right, so now we have Matthew and Paul. And uh, they realize that one day they're full of the Holy Spirit. They are passionate about the nations. And they have got a heart to go and reach the people in Sudan. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Be passionate. There we go. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get to their the acting skills pretty soon. Alright, so they've got a passion, they love Jesus, they're full of the Holy Spirit, and they decide they want to go and reach the people group in Sudan, so they put their backpacks on, they've got like one set of undies, a t-shirt, and the rest are snacks, because that's just my <laughs> control. Right. Yeah, yeah. So they've got their backpacks, now if you've ever been to Sudan, there are, there's no 911, there's no 10111, and if you think that's bad in South Africa, it's 10 times worse in Sudan. So there are no hospitals around the corner, no one's going to help you if you're in trouble. So they are walking along, but 
You know, Paul has this little thing. <laughs> and every day before he goes home, and Amy doesn't know, just swings by McDonald's. <laughs> and he buys a triple, a triple deluxe cheeseburger with extra fries on the side. And what's happened is his arteries have got like a, just a tag <laughs> And so they're walking in the field and they've been ministering all day and it's long and it's, you know, it's been a hot day. And they're walking along with their backpacks and all of a sudden Paul has a massive heart attack. Coronary artery blocked up and he just oh, no. gets it this moment. Because I literally... You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst... <laughs> No. All right, now, this is quite nice, <laughs> Matthew remembers there was some strange woman at their church once upon a time on a Friday night when he could have been watching Netflix, and she told him that he was full of the Holy Spirit, and therefore the nine gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 said that to each one is given the gifts. Now, out of those nine gifts, which I'm going to quickly clap, we have got the message of wisdom, the message of knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he, who is Jesus, um, he sorry, the Holy Spirit, he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And so he knows that the Holy Spirit lives with inside of him. Therefore, though he has access to those nine gifts that are mentioned there. To every single one of those. What gifts are needed right now to bring Matthew back? Four. 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 Oh, sorry. Four. <laughs> um, we need? Healing. Healing. What else? Faith. Faith and? Miracles. Miracles. All right. So he goes, well, I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I have access. And he can distribute to me as I need in that situation. So what does he do? He lays his hands on uh, Paul. Praise for him and miraculously he comes back to life. There we go. There we go. And off they go with the one pair of underpants and lots of chocolates. And they carry on the mission field. Alright, thank you guys. Well so we not only we don't only hear the voice of God because we are sons and daughters. We also have access to the gift of prophecy listed in that the same way that he has access to healing to faith, to miraculous powers as we need, we have access, because of the Holy Spirit in me, to the voice of God. Isn't that incredible? I have, I have access to the very mind, the voice of God. In um, Colossians, it speaks about us having access to the mind of Christ. I don't mean this in an irreverent way, so please don't take it that way. I'm using this as an illustration to help you remember. Like the Holy Spirit is the Google, the search engine of heaven. If I look, if I look at Nick and I go, oh, what are you wanting to encourage Nick with? What, is, what can I say to him? It's like typing his name into the search engine of heaven. It goes to the heart and the mind of Jesus, to the Father. I have access to that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives. And he can tell me everything about Nick's past, about his present, and about his why do I have access to that? Because I have the Holy Spirit in me. Why do we have the prophetic in the church? So that the Holy Spirit comes. It's for the common good. So that I can encourage. I can strengthen. 
Mm. I can speak words of life. I can speak words of courage. I can speak words of direction and strategy straight from the heart of God mm. into any situation. Mm. I don't know how we do church without that. Yeah. We are sons and daughters. We are full of the Holy Spirit and we have gifts. We have access to the gift of prophecy as we do to healing, faith, miracles, all of the others mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12. Now we go to Romans 12. Easy to remember, 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. Let's quickly go to Romans 12. We are moving on quickly. I can sense I'm reaching your Friday night capacity. No, we still got a lot. Have you got a lot to go? That's, that's because you're about like half our age. <laughs> I've got more to go. In, one, in uh, Romans 12, this is now the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to be able to exercise. In Romans 12, it says, let's look at verse 3. <laughs> For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each one. So to each one of us in the room, you are not only a son and a daughter, you don't only have the gift of the Holy Spirit, but you also have a grace on your life to be able to function in gifts that God wants you to minister in. What are some of those gifts? For just as one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we have, um, though many, hmm, I'm reading really badly, um, and each one, each member belongs to all the others. We have different <coughs> gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So can everybody hear the voice of God because they're a son and a daughter? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Can everybody hear the, the voice of God and prophesy because the Holy Spirit lives in them? Yes. Absolutely. Can everybody, does everybody have the grace yes. to prophesy? Mm. And have a grace upon their life. Mm -hmm. So some have a grace to lead, some have a grace to prophesy, mm -hmm. some have a gift of generosity. There's a special grace on our lives, mm -hmm. and it looks different in different people. Mm -hmm. And so that's why some people prophesy a little bit, it looks like easier than somebody else. Mm -hmm. It looks like, man, how do you do that? And they're going, I don't know, it just sort of happens. Mm -hmm. It's because there's a special grace on their life mm -hmm. for that. Now, in your life, there might be a different grace to lead or be generous or hospitable, whatever it is. There's a different grace. And so sometimes when we compare ourselves to people where prophecy just happens really quickly, we think like, well, I can't do that, so then I'm not prophetic. No. They had a special grace on their life because God wants to use them in that, in that gifting more than maybe some, somebody else. So does that mean I can't hear the voice of God? No, I can. Because I've got the Holy Spirit and I'm a son and a daughter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then last, I won't pop on that because of the whole gift. It's a City Hill series on gifting, and that will explain your Romans 12 gifts. And then lastly, this was my biggest uh, stumbling block. Because I used to look at the Kerry Southies, the Chris Dallitons, the Graham Cooks, the you name it, you know, those guys that could just, they wouldn't phone you and say, how are you? They'd phone each other and say, how am I? You know, those <laughs> 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 they just 
sort of where they were at. And I should look at that and go, oh, but I can't do that. You've got to prophesy over me. I'm prophetic. I said, I'll never be able to do that. Like, I can't like, prophesy worlds like earthquakes in Japan and whatnot. So I said, well, maybe that's not what I've called you to. Why? Because in Ephesians 4, but does that disqualify me from hearing his voice completely? No. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. Last time I checked in this world, we're not always sure. Um, the, I'm sure, just correcting that one. Um, I have the Holy Spirit within me. There's a grace upon my life for it. And then lastly, we look at Ephesians 4. Now, Ephesians 4, I can sort of read it without having to look. In Ephesians 4, it says that there are sons. What did it say here in 1 Corinthians 12? Everyone. We can all hear here. Some have a special grace. And then some are called to be apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors and teachers. I think I said one too many. That is an office where Jesus appoints you to do that. And it's primarily to encourage the church to be more like that. So you have a Keir Taylor coming to your church. Was there a Keir this morning? Yeah. So you have Keir coming to your church, evangelist, like par excellence. <laughs> he comes not necessarily to make sure everyone's healed, though that's going to happen. He comes so that you can pray for people to be healed. Yeah. That's the reason he is a fivefold evangelist. Why do we have fivefold prophets? Not so that everyone has a word to stick on their fridge and, and sue their identity. Sometimes that's what we do with the prophetic. No, it's to be able to equip the saints to be able to prophesy. So this is why we have the prophetic in the church. And sometimes because we just jump to comparing ourselves to someone, because we have a performance mindset of I can't hear God because of X, Y, Z, we just step back and say, that prophetic me thing, I'm okay because that's not my thing. No, actually it's everybody's thing. It's just positioned differently everybody's life. So some people, it's going to be son and daughter, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and therefore I can hear the voice of God and prophesy. For some of you, there's going to be a special grace on your life that you probably hear more regularly, more accurately, and sometimes in more detail. And then there'll be a very minuscule few people that will actually be released to go and train up other people to prophesy. Does that make sense? And all of these are used for two reasons. For our relationship with Jesus, to be able to hear that ministering unto the Lord, that relationship of us having that dialogue. And then secondly, it's to use the gift of the Holy Spirit, the grace on your life, or the office that you've been called to, to be able to use it as a tool to bring the kingdom of God to this world. Yeah. The prophetic is not about me. It says it's for the common good. It's for others. It's to build others up, to strengthen, to encourage. How many of you have ever been going through like something, and then someone just sends you a WhatsApp or a scripture, and you just go, thank the Lord I can breathe. <laughs> Jesus is still on the throne, and he knows I'm here. He has moved to China. That's what, it's, that's what it's about. It's about being strengthened by the voice of God. How many of you have said, like, man, we want to do this and sell this and buy this and whatever, and you just feel like there's a check in your heart, and someone phones you and says, I don't, I'm just not feeling that. So, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear that. You don't do it, and you realize the mess you would have got yourself into if you did that. 
So the prophetic comes to strengthen, to encourage, not only individuals, but also a church. To be able to come and say, this is how we're going to pray. This is how we're moving forward. This is what God's called us to as a body. Your calling as a body. I must not stop preaching now. I'm going to get a bit later. We've gone from Netflix to Amazon Prime right now. (laughs) God has not called you to be a cookie cutter of the storehouse or extreme life or liberty. He's called you with a purpose because he knows the people that live here. And so it's to hear his voice for what he has called the church. And when he confirms that and he brings courage, because the prophetic must confirm. So let's say I'll come on Sunday or whenever we have an opponent to minister and say, I'm just feeling this, that, and the next thing. And all of a sudden, everyone in the room, your faith just lifts because you're going, that's what God's been saying to us. That's what the prophetic's supposed to do. It's supposed to come and you may be feeling, I'm not sure. And the prophetic comes and it lifts you. It lifts your faith. These guys are heroes in the faith, leaving a country, going, leaving all their kids behind. Can I say, I can... I mean, I know Mark and Natty. They would never have done that without clear words from the Lord. And can I say, those are probably the things that held you in the hard times. And those words come, they encourage you, they strengthen you, they give strategy to a church, to individuals, and there's a faith that's released. And so I always say, if there's been prophetic ministry, whether it's individually, into a life of a church, in a meeting, you'll often find that the byproduct of it is that there's faith released, people feel more faith and co- uh, courage in that, and people feel closer to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. God knows. God knows stuff. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just told us. And so that's the reason we have these. Um, it's like tools in our toolbox. When you can go and encourage someone, when you can hear the voice of God for somebody else, for their family. It doesn't have to be, um, I almost want to say don't like have it just be in the church. Yeah. <laughs> God has given that to us for our tool belt to be able to bring his kingdom out there. I just wanted to bring like all of us on the same page. That we are all able to hear the voice of God. As sons and daughters full of the Holy Spirit come with a grace and some call to an office. And so every person at a prayer meeting, at a home group, on a Sunday morning, when you go to work, when you gather together, it's like, Lord, what are you saying? And what do you want me to do? God, what are you saying? God, what are you saying? What must I say to this person? How can I encourage this person? Who in the home group do you want me to send a message to this week? How can I encourage my colleague at work? Yeah, you've got to, and I often say, this is um, something I often would discuss with um, eldership teams <coughs> afterwards, but the what I've often seen when it comes to gifting, and it's not just the prophetic, it's sometimes healing, it's sometimes worship, it's different things, you know, apostolic church planting, leadership, and everyone's like, after the weekend, it's like, rah, rah, we're going to take on the world, and we're going <laughs> to prophesy over everything that moves and whatever, and by Tuesday, it's like, <laughs> 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 I'm not sure, like, okay, I'm just going to go back to what I was doing before. <laughs> See, prophetic can be, this can be a moment in a weekend, or this can be a culture in the life of the church. And to build a culture, how many of you have like family cultures? From a Sunday afternoon, this is what your family did, and this is the food they ate. So I was Buddha Macy, we had like rice plates and ice couples, and they had to be pulling on a Sunday afternoon, regardless. That was a culture, why? Because we did it all the time, 
and that's, you didn't know anything different. Yeah. When there was rugby on, the world stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Playing cricket in the backyard was just part of your culture. That's yeah. what you did. And so when you want to build a church culture of being prophetic, of people which you guys have done so well, mm-hmm. it's got to be something that you intentionally are fanning into flame all the time. Mm-hmm. Whether that's healing, whether it's the prophetic, whether it's leadership, whether it's evangelism, you've got to blow wind on that thing all the time. Mm-hmm. And so put some things in place in your life to make it part of your life. Yeah. How many of you think about brushing your teeth? Mm-hmm. Do you know brushing your teeth? You like just go, okay, that's what I do. I wake up in the morning, I brush my teeth. It becomes a habit that you don't even think about. So waking up in the morning and saying, God, tell me about something that's going to happen today. Put someone like someone on my heart that I need to pray for. Give me a word or a picture or an encouragement for someone in the church. I'm going to pray for the church today. Give me one thing that I can pray for, that I can bring at a prayer meeting, that I can encourage somebody in. See, as that thing becomes normal, that's just your normal lifestyle. Yeah. So everyone, we need to have the problem of too many people wanting to bring something. Yeah. And the guy's going, okay, enough now. Yeah. No, thank God spoken. Rather than like, somebody bring something, please. Yeah. I know you've never felt like that. Next time, it's just like, <laughs> you're standing there on a Sunday morning going, Jesus, I'm sure you've spoken to somebody in this room. Please come and tell me what you've said. And so, but when it's a culture, it's like you can't stop people from yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to encourage you in the church. And I often go, guys that come out on a Friday night to a prophetic meeting, you are the guys that are going to change the culture of the church. <laughs> and so I want to encourage you, build things into your life. Mm-hmm. Think of like, choose one person in your home group or the church every week, pray for them, and by the end of the week, send them something. Mm-hmm. And I say it doesn't always need to be a word. Prophetic isn't God says something to me and I say something. It's God says something to me and I'm obedient. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we think, oh, I've got nothing to say or I've got just words or I know the scripture or whatever. You know that someone coming to the microphone and bringing a word of encouragement on a Sunday with a prayer meeting is as prophetic as somebody thinking, I feel like the Lord said I must take a meal to this person in the church now mm-hmm. yeah. and just drop it off. That is as prophetic. Why? Because I've heard the voice of God and I've been obedient. And so it's not just being prophetic like microphone prophetic. It's being a prophetic people. There's more, but we can't go there tonight. Did someone someone put this here for me? It's so sweet. I don't know who this is, but we'll just share drinks. <laughs> On the lipstick side, you just drink from the non-lipstick side, and we'll be fine. How the world has changed since COVID. <laughs> drink from the same cup. And so that's all I want to leave with you tonight. If you ever think about the prophetic again, think about these four pillows on the kind of lounge floor. <laughs> I'm a son and a daughter. It's my birthright to hear his voice. He died for it. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I can hear his voice. I have access to the gift of prophecy and all the other nine gifts, all the other eight, including that. There's a special grace on my life to be able to hear the voice of God. And for some, we've been called to the office of a prophet to train them for the others. And intentionally develop a culture in your life. That it's not rah-rah, next week we have the best prayer meeting because everyone's feeling 
everyone's prophesying, everybody is hearing, everybody over coffee, over wherever you are, you share, you're encouraging, you're strengthening, because you're hearing the voice of God and you're being obedient to what he says. I'll do this one last thing and then I just want to do one or two things before we go. <coughs> The biggest thing that comes to hearing the voice of God, other than doubt, and God's not going to speak to me, I haven't done enough. We've, we've killed that cow. We've killed the performance cow. Mm -hmm. I can hear because I'm a son and daughter. It's the fear of getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I'm all rah rah. Okay, I can hear God, and I've got all my pillows, and I'm on the way. But there's going to be, I can guarantee you, a little, little thing called fear that's going to just hit you straight in the face. And can I say, a lot of times we say, like, oh, you know, the opposite of fear is faith. Can I say the opposite of fear is obedience? Thank you. I'm called that well. Because often when fear comes, what is going to help me to overcome that fear? It's not often standing going like, I'm not fearful, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to have faith, and you just try and convince yourself. And actually, I stand and I go, you know what? Being obedient to Jesus is more important than my fear right now. My yeah. fear of failure, my fear of what people are going to think, my fear of getting it wrong, all those things. Okay, and actually, my love for Jesus and for people and being obedient to Him, I'm going to choose to step out of myself and get myself out the way. And you can put that for anything God asks you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Praying for healing. Maybe you have to preach. You have to lead worship. You're going to do kids' church. Go and do this. But actually, he said it. So I'm going to be obedient and step out in that. And so I wonder, um, have you got a baby with you? Or can you come? Want you leaving your baby and falls on the floor or something? Okay. <laughs> I'm a midwife by profession, people. I've seen women drop babies out of the bed. <laughs> Not sleeping enough will do that to you. You want to come forward and, and fall, so if you can just come forward. Um, it was just something I felt uh, for you. You can get ready because I'm going to die. Um, I just wanted to mention one thing with you this evening. I was going to do some more on Sunday when we were together corporately. Um, and it's a, it's a strange thing because I don't often get words like this, but um, I have a book and I've kept, I've kept seeing this book and I've kept getting this book in my mind all the time before I came here. And it's a book and on the cover is a little sheepie, it's a lamb. And the title of the book is Keep the Blood Warm. Um, it's, it's this guy in America that wrote the book and it's all around communion and this thing about keeping the blood warm. And I just felt like that is such a picture of what God has called you to as a couple. That you are going to be those that can keep the blood warm. And what that means, if that sounds really gross to any of you. <laughs> I'm a nurse, so we keep blood warm regularly. So um, what, what I felt that meant was that the whole book's around communion and the elements and keeping the covenant of, of those things alive. And I just felt like there was something of the price that was paid to 
through the blood of Christ and the breaking of his body for people, the regular person, to have access to him. I feel like you're going to be those that give access to the presence of God and for people to encounter God one-on-one. I just felt like that was a call of God upon your life. And that, in a sense, you are going to keep the blood warm in the sense that people, you are going to be those that connect people with the presence of God and help people to encounter God. People that have said God is not real and apologetics is not going to do it and the best evangelism is not going to do it and the four steps and the five whatever, it's going to be, can you argue with the presence of God? What did you just feel? Have you ever felt that in your life before? No. Because that God is real. And I felt like you are tangibly going to make God real to people. And I felt like there are going to be salvations that come where that blood and that body become people's reality for the first time. And I felt it's not necessarily always going to be through meetings, but it's going to be through people connecting the presence of God. And I felt like even as you lead worship this evening, just in the sense of man, we have the presence of God, that's what we carry. We can then become encounters for other people. There's a course I once did, and it says, I will have an encounter so that I can be an encounter so that someone else can have an encounter. And I just felt like that just summarized, in a sense, who you are and what it is that you carry on your life. And so sometimes we think, oh, I must lead like this, I must do this, and I must do that. And God says, no, I've called you to be presence bringers to people, to make Jesus real to people in a very real and tangible way. And I feel like in saying that that is going to be your strongest tool of evangelism, is being able to make the presence of God real to people, that they can feel it. They they can't deny that. They couldn't make it up. And I felt like you're going to be able to connect people to Jesus. And I just saw these fresh newborn babies (laughs) coming into the life of the church and these cries of these newborn babies coming in. And it's because they felt an experience and had an encounter with the presence of God. And it's like you're going to keep the blood warm. It's not going to be a stale religious thing. It's not going to be, uh, not that that's ever been what you're about, but it's like you're able to keep the blood of Jesus warm and help other people feel that. And I felt it was around the presence of, of God. Yes, God has God has created you like a solid uh, oak of righteousness. And you're both part of the same tree. And this tree was planted and established by its parents. And so what they have put into it and nurtured and fertilized this soil that you have planted them and grown in, you are like double the width and strength that they are. So you are, what their ceiling is, is your floor. And you, you have been given incredible capacity to shoulder that which um, Chanel has told you. And as you are the strength, the branches and the trunk, you are the leaves, the shade, the mercy that people are going to see. And God has equipped you for this. So don't be afraid of the load that's coming. And I think that this church is like, um, I love the name of this church, Southern Gateway. It's like a portal, like a strategic portal that is here. And God has said he has taken a whirlwind and he has turned this whole church around like this and he has spun people out to far places to start new places and he has sucked people in from Joburg and the rest of the country and he's used COVID, the negative side of COVID to become the positive side for this church because it's going to do 
is and you not and you gifts and you people in Jesus. Mm. This tree is full of tall trees. Mm. It's, I mean, this scripture is, is full of tall trees. Yeah. And, and you are richly gifted in this tree. Richly. Yeah. There, there will be no stopping you. It's southern gangster. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask three people to stand. Um, I don't know why I'm connecting. I've got a reason why I'm connecting you, but not completely. The lady sitting here, if you could stand for me. The guy sitting there with your arms crossed. You can entertain by me. And the guy sitting here on the chair. Stand up for me. Now, this is not an excuse thing. It's just something I felt. When I spoke about the presence of God, I just felt like that you are presence bringers. That in your own way... Um, I don't know why, it's just like I just I went around the room and I just went like, presence bringer, presence bringer, presence bringer. <laughs> and I felt like God has uniquely gifted you and put you in places where you are tangibly going to be able to bring the presence of God. Yeah. And so, are you perhaps all musicians or worship guys or something? Are you? Do you sing or do something? Okay. Do you, are you involved with worship? I used to play the flute. to be contact points for Jesus with people mm-hmm. and that you're actually going to be able to say this is what the presence of God feels like and when people sometimes in a very natural way connect with you there's just going to be something about you that's going to connect with them and yeah I don't know what that means but um, yeah and I just feel like favor on business for you I'm not sure why but I just feel like there's a there's something of God saying that there's been an integrity and sometimes a standing where you've been hard um, and you stood, and I felt like God said that there's favor coming in that area because there's been faithfulness and integrity. And He says it's not because, like I said, it's not because of what you've always done, but it's because of what He's done and what He's going to do. And so I want to encourage you um, in that. So I just wanted to, I don't know why, connect with those. Uh, yeah, there's also there's a healing anointing upon your life. So I just feel like there's a um, like you're going to lay hands, and the Spirit of God's going to come upon people. And they're going to sense the presence of God and healing is going to come, not only physically, but I feel like even like internal heart things, people are going to be healed of. Um, because there's a skill that you know how to get into people's hearts. Um, I just wanted to encourage you um, in that. And uh, Mark sitting there at the back. Um, I, I've always sort of known what you've done and also know not what you've done. And I'm not talking about leading a church or the, the spiritual side, but like your, you know, sort of other side of business. And uh, just the whole time in coming here, I saw God giving you contracts. Um, out of, like, not out of the blue, but it's just going to be like, wow, this is like, this is incredible. God has just brought this contract to me. I haven't had to go and look for it. I haven't had to go and find it. It's like people are going to find you. And they, I just felt like the move you had to make here was super courageous. Like it was like, okay, God, 
once again, this is like one of those moves. And I felt like there's just, he said, I'm going to make the way. And I just saw these, I don't even know if you sign contracts with your business, but I felt like there are contracts that are going to be signed um, that it's just going to be, this can only be God because we didn't even look for it. Um, and those contracts are going to come. And I don't feel like they're short-term things. I feel like um, as they come, that there's a length of time that's connected to them that's going to add a sense of security and peace in your heart about certain things because you know they're solid, if that makes any sense. I have no idea what that means, but <laughs> take that. Good to you. Uh, spoke for the guy who played the fool. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, when you stood there and you said that and you laughed, it reminded me of the Ukrainian president who used to be a comedian. And look at him today. God is going to use that humour, that sense of fun that you have to help other people in business. And it's going to be a serious business, but you're going to use humour to connect. You're going to use that side of you to connect with people so that they open the doors, they open their heart, and they are warm to you. And it's a, it's a gift that God has given you in order for His plans and purposes to be done. So don't think it's nothing. It's not nothing. It's a very attractive quality that he's put on me that is going to enable you to be a, um, <clears throat> open the doors for other people to open their hearts to you, especially where men are concerned with their business. They don't always want to admit they're failing. It's not something men do. Women do it all the time. But <laughs> men just don't go there. But God has opened this door for you to be able to do that. So be alert to it. And ask God, okay, what do you want me to say here today? Mm. How can I encourage this guy? Mm. Yeah. 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 You're a friend of friends. Yeah. You notice people. You notice those who are sidelined. You notice those who are far away. Mm. You notice qualities. You notice details. And you're cheerful, and you have great joy in your life. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and your face will shine with the love of Jesus. And you should be on door duty every week. She paid us to say that. All right, I know it's getting late, but I, I just can't, I can't finish just yet. We are going to have other times like this over the weekend, so... Don't go home and go, oh, I don't love it. <laughs> Give me a word. Um, our guy that preached grace um, this evening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your name again? That's right. Um, I'm, I'm sort of making a joke, but not making a joke. Because there is such an anointing upon you to preach the word of God. It's like you need to know that God has set you apart to preach the word of God with boldness. And I feel like the boldness that's upon you is to win souls. That there's a soul winner inside of you. And I feel like you are not just going to be able, you're, it's not just going to be a voice for this community, but it's going to be a voice that's heard in different communities and different places. And I feel like as you, I assume you're not a South African national. Are you, have you come from somewhere else? Malawi. Malawi, okay. And I felt like as God has brought you here, he will also send you to other places. And you will preach the word of God with boldness. And people will come to a salvation knowledge. 
And I felt the Lord say that we need to, um, in a sense, invest your uh, time, energy, um, equipping yourself around the miraculous. Because I believe that it's not just going to be evangelism, but it's going to be evangelism, evangelism followed with signs and wonders. And so I just feel like there's a faith that God wants to put in you for souls, for healing, for deliverance. That people would be set free. And that your voice will be heard not only in this nation and in the nation you come from, but in other nations um, of the world. And he will make a way. He will make a way. And I see even that you would raise up Timothy's, that you would raise those up and there would be this group of people around you that you have raised up to be clarion calls for the gospel. Um, and God's going to open some amazing doors for you. It's like you're going to go, uh, there's no way I could ever do this. But he's going to put you in someone's heart. He's going to ask someone to give you something. He's going to ask someone to take you with. He's going to, there's just going to be these things that God's going to open to you. And I feel like you've known this from a very young age. I feel like it's not something new to you. But it's something that's been on your life and that's, that God's called you to. And so I want to encourage you in that. You are a great man of faith. Um, and you are going to need more faith for what it is that God's called you to. If that's possible. And so I want to encourage you um, yeah, in that. And God's called you to father the fathers. You're in training as a father. Bringing them alongside those people mm. who you never would have thought would ever come and take your chance. But mm. God is going to put mercy in your heart mm. for things and a burden for things <coughs> that you would be chosen. Mm. But He will equip you and He will add people around you, Timothy's around mm. you, are going to help you with that day. Mm. Mm. Just lastly, the lady sitting here with your foot up on the. <laughs> Very chilled. <laughs> um, when we were worshipping this evening, I just kept seeing this canvas, this, um, this like blank canvas, and just the most beautiful things being painted on this canvas. And I, the, the, the only thing that came to, like, that I kept seeing over and over, is that there's an untapped creativity within you. It's like the way you see things, the way you perceive things, that there's a creative way with which you see things. And I felt like him say he's going to pair the prophetic with that. Um, and there's, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like, I don't know if it's unlocked or is it something you just do for your own sort of enjoyment, but I just feel like there's a creativity upon your life that he wants to unlock with the prophetic. And so it's not just going to be, hey, I just do this because I do this, but it's actually in obedience to what it is that God wants to release. Because I feel like the voice of God is going to be stronger and stronger in your heart. There's like a sense of, Almost like you've maybe disqualified yourself sometimes from hearing the voice of God, and it's been there. And I just feel like in turning up the volume, and as you believe that which we've spoken about tonight, I just feel like that, that voice is going to become louder and louder, um, and clearer and clearer, and it's going to come with much wisdom. I don't know why, I just feel like wisdom to outwork what it is that he's put uh, within your life. I hope that makes sense. But so I want to... Yeah, just fan into flame some things that have maybe been locked away or hidden or it's just been for yourself. But God's saying, no, that's actually for others around you. I haven't just given it to you for yourself. <laughs> it's for others as well. So, yeah, it's like a gentle kick. <laughs> to encourage you in a loving little, a loving little kick. Yeah, Elmarie, God's going to let you have fun while you do it. Yeah. 
Father, we just thank you for um, yeah, just this evening, Father, for hungry hearts. And uh, Father, I pray that this time and this, this little brief moment this weekend that we together, that you would, by your Spirit, do more than words can do, that you would come and you would stir up within us a hunger for your voice, a hunger to hear you, a hunger to be obedient to what it is that you're saying. And I thank you for the rich heritage of your voice in this church. And we thank you, Father, that this church was planted and birthed out of your voice, out of obedience to your voice. And every step of the way, we've been obedient to your voice. And Father, I just want to honor that this evening. And Father, I just pray that you would, um, in a sense, not that just that the prophetic pops, but that there would be a culture, like a groundswell of the prophetic in the church, in every area, in the kids, the worship, the preaching, the home groups, the community outreach, evangelism, that it would be just grounded so firmly on that we do this because we've heard God. And his word says it, his Logos word says it, and his rhema word is confirmed. And so I pray for that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thanks, guys. Sunday and uh, let's go out and yeah have more I think you know the testimonies of you know, just the encouragement of when we hear testimonies of God speaking to us mm-hmm. and uh, it's always so good to hear when someone steps out and or even if you know word is given and um, you know like you mentioned now just of, of, the, of the blood and uh, that's been something that's been on my heart for the last good while and uh, so it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. So just uh, just to encourage each other, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you.